Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Wake and Rake podcast. In my mind, you just wake up and go rake. Top wins above replacement players in the National League. Ronald Acuna, all-star. Corbin Carroll, all-star. Mookie Betts, all-star. Juan Soto, all-star. Then tied for fourth with Soto is Tatis, not an all-star. Then it goes Freddie Freeman at sixth, all-star. Dansby Swanson at seven, all-star. The Riders don't want Tatis to have success right now. The league doesn't want Tatis to have success right now. Follow at Wake and Rake Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. I'm kind of a big deal. Here's Danny and Will. What up, party people? Welcome to another episode of the Wake and Rake Podcast, all part of the Believe Podcast Network. Episode 91, Thursday, July 6th. Hope everybody had a fantastic July 4th, 4th of July weekend, week. Kind of brutal. They put July 4th on a Tuesday. Kind of a blessing in disguise, though, because like if you took off Monday, that means you would have gotten Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off. So you turned it into a four-day weekend. Hopefully, everybody just got the week off, you know. Like, either you took last Friday off and Monday, so you got five days off. I don't know. I hope everybody enjoyed their July 4th. That's what I hope. Personally, it's my favorite holiday. Better than Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving. Because, like, you're just chilling by the pool, eating good food. Like, at Christmas, it's it's cold out. And, I, like, families, you know, like, I love my family, you know. Like, I'm not trying to talk shit on my family here, but... Anytime that you're within the same household, confined to one roof for hours upon time, I mean, things happen, you know? There's a reason the family drama happens every Thanksgiving, every Christmas. So, July 4th is my, my favorite. You're probably playing wiffle ball in the backyard for hours on end. You're drinking good beverages. You're eating good food. Nobody cares about the carbs at this point. You're just eating. Um, and it's hot outside. Like, it's sunny. It's baseball on TV. July 4th, like if I'm ranking holidays, number one. Number one by far, like it's not even close. To, I love July 4th. Happy Independence Day. Hope everyone had a good, safe one. Brooksy's not here. Brooksy is still on assignment. Good news is that we're going to have some, uh, some cool guests joining us next week. We have Josh Reddick lined up, former Astros, Oakland A's, Boston Red Sox outfielder, and World Series champion. Um, He's going to have some stories for us. We're going to pick his brain on his time in Oakland, the relocation to Vegas, his time with the Houston Astros during the whole, you know, scandalous era in Houston. So I'm looking forward to that. It'll be fun. Appreciate Josh Reddick joining us next week. So it'll be fun. So stay tuned to that. And then we have the MLB 2023 MLB All-Star Game Home Run Derby coming up this upcoming weekend. It's ridiculous that the season is already halfway through. Um, like <laughs> we still have teams that were expected to bl- to to be like playoff contenders, if not like World Series contenders, like the St. Louis Cardinals. Yikes, dude! You're still in last place. Uh, the Miami Marlins. How about them, man? Coming out of nowhere. Cincinnati Reds coming out of nowhere, being playoff contenders. So it just goes to show that you can't predict baseball, and that's what makes this sport so great. As I mentioned, Brooks is on assignment, so. My boy Jason Derula would say, I'm riding so low on this episode. We're going to have a fun little all-star preview episode going on today. We're going to talk all-star snubs. 
when you look at the numbers of some of these players that did not make the all-star team it's a crime against humanity like i think overall the voters including the fans the reserves the bullpen arms etc i think overall the all-star teams are pretty solid when you consider the fact that you're only allowed so many players on each roster but there's let me count Three or four guys that I have here on my biggest snubs that it's it, it, it like a, it, it's it's a crime. It should be legal the fact that these guys are not involved in the All Star game this year. We'll dive into those numbers, and of course, anytime you have a snub, you got to take somebody off. So I have five five snubs that are pretty egregious that we're going to discuss. Some coin flips too to talk about. Like there's a big difference between snubs and coin flips. A, a snub is this guy should be in over this guy. A coin flip is like, you're splitting hair statistic-wise. We'll talk about those guys as well. Speaking of the All-Star game, if you're gonna be betting on the All-Star game, Bet Online might be the number one spot to do it. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Let's get into it. We talked about snubs, right? This one, look, I mentioned at the top, snubs are tough because any there's only so many guys on a roster. Right, and if you're gonna have somebody in, that means you gotta take somebody off. And I've actually been fighting for a couple of years now that the All-Star game should be a little bit larger. You know, like you have, so you have 20 total hitters per team. You know, you have a 25-man roster in the big leagues, 26-man roster. Obviously, that includes pitchers, but I just don't think that there's enough spots in the All-Star game to reflect how the first half of the season has gone. Five snubs that were left off their rosters. And when you look at the numbers, it's clear cut. Number one, it's a crime against humanity that Fernando Tatis Jr. was left off the National League All-Star roster. Numbers wise, eye wise, you know, like entertainment factor. Who's he gonna take? You know, whose spots he taking here? Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is having a fantastic year. Um, ended up being a really good trade between Diamondbacks and Blue Jays. Blue Jays got Dalton Varsho and the Diamondbacks got Gurriel and ended up working, working out for both sides. Diamondbacks are having a tremendous year. First place in National League West. Really fun, young team. And Gurriel's been in the middle of it, hitting the middle of their order. But look, when you look side by side, both are National League West outfielders. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Fernando Tatis Jr., Fernando Tatis Jr. has a higher batting average, higher on base percentage, higher slugging percentage, higher OPS, more total bases, higher OPS plus, more home runs. He does have six fewer RBI than Gurriel. His 14 stolen bases, Tatis does. Gurriel has one. Oh, what about defensively? Um, Tatis moved to the outfield, like maybe he's not producing the same way Gurriel is. Oh, wait. Tatis has been the best defensive player in baseball since he came back from his suspension. Defensive runs save leaders this year. The only guy he trails, among all positions, 
Hassam Kim, his teammate. The only guy that Fernando Tatis Jr. trails in defensive runs saved this season is his teammate in Hassam Kim. Other than that, he leads every position. He's been the best defensive player in baseball. By the way, he missed the first month of the season. So if you look at like defensive runs saved per game, per inning, Tatis, it's not even close. He has been the best defensive player according to those metrics, according to the Fangraphs metrics. You look at outs above average, assists from the outfield, he's top three. Tatis has been the best defensive outfielder in baseball since he returned. So it's not defensive. So, so you're saying, all right, Gurriel's more deserved. Um, where? Speed-wise, Tatis hasn't beat. Defensively, he hasn't beat. Power-wise, he hasn't beat. The only category that Gurriel is beating Tatis in is RBI. 50 for Gurriel, 44 for Tatis. Gurriel has, looks like, eight more at-bats than Tatis. Six more RBI. Tatis tied for fourth in the National League and wins above replacement, according to Fangrass. He's only played 67 games. The rest of these guys are 86 games, 82 games, 83 games. So, so all right, the top wins above replacement players in the National League. Ronald Acuna, all-star. Corbin Carroll, all-star. Mookie Betts, all-star. Juan Soto, all-star. Then tied for fourth with Soto is Tatis, not an all-star. Then it goes Freddie Freeman at 6th, All-Star. Dansby Swanson at 7, All-Star. So the top 7 wins above replacement players in the National League. Only one of them is not an All-Star, and that's the guy who's tied for 4th. And number 1 in defensive runs saved, that's Fernando Tatis Jr. And that's aside from all the entertainment factor that he brings to the show. The fact that Tatis was left off this roster is... It shows that the system's flawed. Nobody wants to see Tatis have success after the suspension because you don't want a guy that did PEDs to all of a sudden be the face of the franchise again and, and take the league by storm because that's not what the league wants. The writers don't want Tatis to have success right now. The league doesn't want Tatis to have success right now. Other than this Padres faithful, the fans don't want Tatis to have a bunch of success right now. Not yet. I, I think Tatis is an electrifying player, and people love to watch him with their own eyes. But anytime PEDs are involved, all of a sudden the discussion and the narrative changes. And I think if Tatis doesn't get suspended for PEDs, there's no way in hell he's left off the National League All-Star roster. But because he had the PED suspension, because he is a polarizing figure, he's all of a sudden left off the roster for Lourdes Gurriel Jr., which is... It's disappointing. It, 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 frankly, it's, it's unacceptable. But in the American League, Brian Bayo, uh, I think, really got snubbed from the All-Star squad. Uh, and really, I think his, his teammate is the one who actually took his spot in Kenley Jansen. Look, Kenley's had a good year. He's got 18 saves, 3-3 ERA. Um, been a rock for that, that Red Sox bullpen. But overall, I think when you consider like the most valuable Red Sox this year, and I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying that the Red Sox should have three, four, five, six guys in the All-Star game here. I mean, they're in last place in the American League East. They're a 500 ball club. Yoshida got left off the All-Star roster. Rafael Devers got left off the All-Star roster. So, like, they're probably, you know, they're going to get one, two tops players on the All-Star roster when you consider their record, where they are in the standings, and what they deserve. But when you talk about, like, valuable, 
who's provided more value for this Red Sox team. Without question, it's been Brian Bayo, who's been their best pitcher. Doesn't matter. Relievers, starters, Brian Bayo has been their best pitcher for the Red Sox this season. Look at just like innings pitch, wins above replacement, ERA. Bayo has Jansen beaten his timing close. Kenley Jansen this year has a 3.34 ERA. Brian Bayo has a 3.04 ERA as a starting pitcher. Jansen has the 18 saves, obviously he's a closer, Bayo's not. Bayo's pitched 80 innings. He's been a bit limited as a starter. They kind of slowed, um, slowly um, allowed him to develop into this season. Strikeout-wise, strikeout per nine, Jansen has Bayo beat. Bayo's really not been a big strikeout this year. 70 strikeouts in 80 innings. He's been more so a ground ball guy. He throws that sinker from the three-quarter arm slot, and he gets weak contact. That's really what Brian Bayo's bread and butter has been. So strikeout-wise, Jansen has him beat. But I mentioned that Bayo gets like soft contact. Jansen, <laughs> opposing batting average this year, Jansen's given up a 250 opponent batting average. Brian Bayo, 239. Opponent OPS, 682 for Jansen, 668 for Bayo. So Bayo has him beat there. Bayo is 6-5 this year across 14 starts with a 3.04 ERA. And like I said, he's been the best starting pitcher, of, of course, with some respect to James Paxson as well, on the Red Sox staff. I think Bayo should have been in the spot of Kenley Jansen. The real problem here, though, is that the American League relievers as a whole, not all that dominant. So Jansen, Classe, Felix Batista, and Yenier Cano. Yenier Cano is the only reliever among the American League or National League that made it um, to the All-Star game, not non-closer. Yenier closed the setup guy for Baltimore for, for Batista. So there's definitely like a lacking in talent American League relievers this year, particularly at the closer position. So I think that's why Jansen got the cut. But that's why I think like, like the whole like position, we need this many relievers, we need this many starters. Starting pitchers, they're not going to pitch more than one inning in the All-Star game. Never. They're, they're never tops to like the starter. The starting pitcher might go two innings, depending on how much flexibility they want. But, you know, they're not out here to win a game. Nobody's going to go five innings. Nobody's going to throw... 100 pitches out here so if that's the case like what is the point of absolutely having to have Kenley Jansen on this roster Kenley Jansen is going to pitch as many innings in the all-star game as Brian Bale would so Brian Bale who has far superior numbers far more value far higher war far better ERA is not on the American League roster and, and for what reason because you feel the need to have four relievers on your roster I don't get that. You put the best pitchers in the game, the most dominant pitchers in baseball should be on the American League roster. Brian Bayo should be on. Let's kick it back over to the National League for my third snub. Spencer Steer. A lot of guys don't know who that is. If you haven't been paying attention to what Cincinnati has been doing this year, other than Ellie De La Cruz or you know Joey Votto, Hunter Green, like their headline guys, Spencer Steer has been in the thick of it from the start. Ellie De La Cruz obviously got all the attention. Uh, when they brought him up in, in the end of May or start of June, and all of a sudden Cincinnati started winning ball games. But Steer has played 84 games this season. He's got a 290 batting average, a 381 on base percentage. He's slugging 500 with an 881 OPS. And I mentioned you're going to have a snub. You need somebody who's going to be off the All Star roster. Maybe Austin Riley shouldn't be on here. Maybe Pete Alonso should not be on the National League All-Star roster because when you look at the numbers compared to Spencer Steer, 
frankly, they're, they're not all that close. Sear has a higher batting average, higher OBP. He's actually trailing and slugged to Pete Alonso 500 to 503. You know, talk about splitting hairs. And in OPS, Spencer Steer has the highest OPS among Steer, Riley, Alonzo. Home run wise, he's third among those guys. So it goes Riley with 16, Alonzo with 25, and Steer with 14. But extra base hit wise, Steer has more extra base hits than Austin Riley. Steer has 35, and Riley has 32. Similarly, Pete Alonzo has 33 extra base hits, and Steer has 35. So we're talking about slug, we're talking about like, you know, extra base hits, Steer hasn't beat there. What about wins above replacement? According to Baseball Reference, Spencer Steer has a 2.1 wins above replacement. Austin Riley has a 2.1 wins above replacement. So they're even there. Pete Alonso has a 1.7 wins above replacement. And I understand that Pete Alonso was selected to the National League All-Star team because of his 25 home runs. And Alonso then went on the injured list and he really hasn't been the same player since he's come back um, from that injury. But at the end of the day, Spencer Steer has better numbers with the exception of home runs than either Austin Riley or Pete Alonso. And Cincinnati, who's in first place right now in their division, see how many All-Stars they actually got on the roster. One, a reliever in Alexis Diaz. The Cincinnati Reds are in first place. They have one All-Star selection in Alexis Diaz. Like I said, there's only so many spots on the National League All-Star roster, but I think Spencer Steer should have been selected over Austin Riley or Pete Alonso. If we're just going by numbers, I understand both Riley and Alonso have bigger names, but by the numbers, Spencer Steer has had a better campaign in 2023 than either Austin Riley or Pete Alonso. So the last snub I have still here is in the National League. Overall, I think the American League did a better job of compiling their roster this year and really getting the best players from this 2023 season to be on the All-Star roster. National League, however, I mentioned Tatis, I mentioned Steer. I think starting pitching-wise, they dropped the ball when it came to Logan Webb, Jesus Lizardo, and Blake Snell. All three of those players that I just mentioned, in my opinion, are having far superior and, and better seasons here in 2023 than both Mitch Keller and Justin Steele of the Chicago Cubs. Chicago Cubs are in third place in the National League Central, a division that has been mostly atrocious, mostly um, embarrassing, both the American League Central and National League Central. Both those divisions have been very poor. We, we, we've, we've known that there was a talent drop-off when you're comparing East divisions, West divisions, to the Central divisions. That's been that way for a couple of years now, especially with the Cardinals, you know, being the, not exactly playing to the Cardinal way this year. Keep this in mind too, the Pittsburgh Pirates were a fun story for much of the year, but they've kind of regressed back to the mean and they've fallen back into the, uh, the bottom half of the National League Central Division standings. The Cubs and Pirates both have 40 wins this year. The Cubs are slightly ahead because they're 40 and 45. Pirates are at 40 and 46. So you're talking about third or fourth place teams this year. The Cubs got three players on the National League roster this year. Dansby Swanson, Marcus Stroman, and Justin Steele. The Pittsburgh Pirates, due to the injury to Clayton Kershaw, have two members on the All-Star team. David Bednar took Kershaw's spot because of Kershaw's injury, and Mitch Keller as a starting pitch. So Keller was voted as like the, you know how every, all 30 teams must be represented in the All-Star game, and I'll, I'll kind of leave that up to your own determination whether you think that's right or not, but 
all 30 teams has to have at least one representative. So Mitch Keller was Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's only rep for the National League All-Star game. Then Kershaw's injury happened, and so David Bednar was next up on the list. Well, now the Pirates have two All-Stars. And it kind of goes back to my debate or my, my, my take on the fact that Brian Bayo should have taken Kenley Jansen's spot because these starting pitchers are not going to pitch more than one inning. It doesn't matter if you're a reliever or a starter, you're not going to pitch more than one inning in the All-Star game, if at all. So if that's the case, David Bednar has been the best player, has the best numbers on the Pittsburgh Pirates, not Mitch Keller. Mitch Keller's having a fine season. But when you look at the numbers, let's focus on Blake Snell for a second here. Blake Snell, since May 25th, it's his last eight starts. Blake Snell is 4-1, 0.77 ERA. 73 strikeouts in 47 innings pitched. Blake Snell is a legit National League Cy Young candidate. He was left off the All-Star bat. I know everyone's saying, well, you're a Padre homer. You already talked about Tatis. Now you're talking about Blake Snell. Justin Steele this year has pitched 91 innings. That's less than Blake Snell. 92 for Blake Snell. Justin Steele has 81 strikeouts in those 91 innings. Blake Snell has 121 strikeouts in 92 innings pitched. Jesus Lazardo, 120 strikeouts. Let me go strikeouts here. Top to bottom this season, total. I'm not talking about strikeout per nine. Total. Mitch Keller has the most with 125. After that, it goes Blake Snell, 121. Jesus Lazardo, 120. Logan Webb, 117. A massive, massive, massive gap. And then Justin Steele with 81. Now, Justin Steele has the better ERA of those five pitchers, however, with a 2.56 ERA. So he's limiting runs, albeit fewer innings pitched. So Justin Steele has a 2.56 ERA. That's the best amongst those five guys I mentioned Steele, Snell, Lazardo, Logan Webb of the San Francisco Giants, and Mitch Keller of the Pirates. So if you're only basing this on ERA, Justin Steele deserves to go. But wait a minute. I mentioned how Mitch Keller was a bit of a fringe candidate here. Amongst those five, Mitch Keller has the highest ERA of those five. So if you're saying, well, like, Justin Steele's got to be in there. He's got a 2.56 ERA. Well, Mitch Keller's got a 3.52 ERA. That's higher than Webb, higher than Lazardo, higher than Snell, obviously higher than, than Steele. Well, innings pitch is really, really important. Mitch Keller uh, has 110. Logan Webb has 117. Justin Steele has pitched 91. Logan Webb has pitched 17 plus 9, 26 more innings pitch this year for Logan Webb of the San Francisco Giants than Justin Steele. So Justin Steele has done a better job this year of limiting runs, but in far fewer innings than either Logan Webb, Keller, Lazardo, Snow. So look, I'm making my argument here for Logan Webb, Lazardo, or Snell. I'm not saying all three have to be in. I'm simply saying that when you put somebody in, you have to take somebody out. So if you're taking somebody out, it's got to be either Keller or Steele. And one of those three guys, Logan Webb, Blake Snell, and Hazelus Lazardo, deserve to be on the National League roster, either more so than Justin Steele or Mitch Keller. Because, like I mentioned, those are third and fourth place teams, and the Cubs have three players on the National League All-Star roster, and Pittsburgh's got two. Meanwhile, San Francisco has one, and one of those guys is not Logan Webb. And Miami has two, 
Jorge Soler and Luisa Rice. Neither are pitchers, obviously. Last segment I have here is just coin flips. Now, I talked about splitting hairs on some of the, the previous guys. This is really splitting hairs, and I'm, I can definitely sympathize with like the Julio Rodriguez, Leody Tavares, uh, Leody Tavares argument. I, I get that Ranger fans would love to have Leody in there. I also get that Julio Rodriguez is, you know, he's going to be on the team. The All-Star Games in Seattle. There's a definite bias there from the league standpoint. Uh, when you look at their numbers side by side, WAR numbers are almost equal. Julio Rodriguez has more RBI, more stolen bases, more runs. I think Leody deserves a, a, a spot, and I also think Julio Rodriguez deserves a spot. I just don't think there's enough spots on the American League roster this year, so I'm cool with it. By the way, Luke Rayleigh of the Tampa Bay Rays actually has a higher OPS and slug and more home runs than either Julio or Leo de Tavares. So I get the argument for Leody, but I think the Rays, you know, if their fans want to argue against Julio Rodriguez that Luke Rayleigh should be in the All-Star game, they certainly have an argument as well. Other coin flips, Ketel Marte versus Ozzy Albies, Tyro Estrada of the Giants. Tyro Estrada of the Giants, really fantastic year before breaking his hand this past weekend. Ketel Marte, when you compare his stats to Ozzy Albies, Ozzy Albies did make the All-Star team. Ozzy's got more homers. Ketel Marte actually has seven fewer homers and 19 fewer runs batted in. Same amount of stolen bases. Um, but Ketel has a higher OPS, higher slug, higher on base, and higher batting average. War-wise, Ketel Marte, 3.6 compared to Ozzy Albies for 2.8. I called it a coin flip between Ketel and Ozzy. I can see both sides there. I think Cattell Marte definitely deserves a spot. And it's another case of like, there's just not enough spots on the National League All-Star team this year. I think Dane Dunning deserves some, some props this year as his role as kind of a hybrid bullpen, long relief slash spot starter for the Texas Rangers. They put Yenier Cano in there though, and he's been the most dominant setup guy in baseball probably all season long. I'm fine with it. I mentioned Luke Rayleigh. I also think Isak Paredes, you could make an argument could have made the team over a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Again, we're talking about entertainment factor, though. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is a bigger name. It's a big stage. You, the fans are going to want Vlad Jr. over any Isak Paredes, unfortunately. But you look at the numbers. Isak Paredes is 12th in the American League and wins above replacement. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is 57. Take that as you will. Uh, and a, a couple shout-outs to just Lane Thomas and Christian Yelich. I made my argument for a Tatis getting that last National League All-Star spot, or actually uh, should have been on the National League All-Star roster. I, if I put Tatis in there, I'm not taking anybody else out. I'm not taking, you know, I'm not put, booting Mookie Betts off this roster, right? So uh, Lane Thomas is having a really solid year for the Washington Nationals. Christian Yelich appears to be back, which is great for baseball, but I don't have anyone to replace those guys with on the roster. So just shout out Lane Thomas, Christian Yelch, because they're having very, very fine years. So there you go. It's my 2023 MLB All-Star snubs. One final time, I would have had Tatis over Lourdes Gurriel for the National League outfielder spot. I would have had Brian Bayo over Kenley Jansen. In the American League, I would have had Spencer Steer over either Austin Riley or Pete Alonso in the National League. And then Blake Snell, Logan Webb, or Hazel Lizardo, one of those three should have gotten in over either Justin Steele and or Mitch Keller. And then I mentioned the coin flips. Take, you know, that's up to your own determination. But those guys, those four to five players should have definitely gotten on the roster this year. 
call it politics, call it whatever you wish, but um, you know, I think the National League got screwed more than the American League this year, especially. I, I, Tatis got axed big time. Of course, the All-Star break also brings us the 2023 Home Run Derby. Contestants are Pete Alonso of the Mets, Randy Rosarena of Tampa Bay, Mookie Betts of the Dodgers, Adolis Garcia, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Luis Robert Jr., Julio Rodriguez, and Adelie Rutschman. I think Luis Robert's going to put on an absolute show. There's always one guy every single year that like captures the universe with, with their power. Like It was Cespedes one year. Julio Rodriguez did it last year. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. did it another year. Even either date it back to like 2009, Josh Hamilton days. Um, I think Luis Robert could be that guy. So 2023 home run derby. Uh, my way too early prediction would probably be Luis Robert Jr. I say way too early because we're going to have another episode later this weekend uh, for a full all-star game preview, full home run derby uh, contest preview. So I'm hoping to get Brooksy back on. Of course, Brooksy's still on assignment. He's in Boston doing pre and post game, but I'm hoping to get him back on the Wake and Rake podcast. He will be here soon enough. Stay patient with me, all right? I know you're getting tired of my voice, tired of my, my face here, but we will get Brooksy back on. I mentioned that we're gonna get Josh Reddick, formerly of the Astros, A's, Red Sox. We're gonna get him on the podcast next week. In the meantime, just enjoy these last few games for the All-Star break. Enjoy this weekend. Looking forward to the All-Star game, and we'll talk soon, people. Peace.